Here we go. All right. Here we are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Girth Podcast. One half of your favorite fat duo here with my other half, Mr. Austin Rawlison. Here with some guests as well. Um, Zach, sir. I got Zach here with Crashing Revelry. I said that right, correct? Crashing Revelry, yeah. Perfect. It's it's weird. you know, it's it looks good on paper, but the moment you say it, your your <laughs> tongue starts playing tricks on you. No, so. I like it, and thank you, man, for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. So my first question <clears throat> kind of dives into what we were talking about earlier about how you guys met. But I'm curious: is uh, what inspired you guys? I mean, how long have? Let's go all the way back. Actually, a good story always starts at the beginning. When did you get involved in music? For me personally. Uh, man my parents bought me this as a christmas present and i think i was 10 they bought me a vhs <laughs> if you guys know what vhs is. oh yeah um, i remember so they bought me <laughs> they, they bought me a vhs tape of acdc's no bull live concert um Ooh. and That's man cool. dude i i guy got into it so quick after that i mean something just you know it resonated a lot right. with me personally um which i'm sure it's done for many um so it started off there my dad you know growing up watching him play guitar all the time you know he's a great guitar player great piano player you know i started to kind of sneak in the band room when he was at work and stuff to kind of see what things were and uh what you know what they did right. um so the older i got you know I'm moving on, you know, and uh, my aunt, one summer, she puts on, you know, Appetite for Destruction in the car. And it was, you know, I mean, you're talking ACDC and, you know, Guns (laughs) N' Roses. And right there was my rock influence that was born. And, um, you know, for Christmas, my dad got me a guitar. And at that point, you know, he threw a magazine at me and he said, hey, man, figure it out. And... Yeah, I was, you know, as a kid, you're kind of like, man, show me something, but he wasn't going to do that. He wanted, you know, if, yeah. if this is something you really wanted, you need to figure out what that means. And, you know, I locked myself in my room playing along to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, you know, of course, the Guns N' Roses. And it was funny, when I was 13, Velvet Revolver had just released Contraband, um, which actually they were my first show I ever saw live and I was so excited because you know I was depressed you know never getting to see Guns N' Roses I was like why aren't they a band anymore and all their BS um so I got to see Slash for the first time with Velvet Revolver and like I said after that I've had the hunger um you know the guys aren't here right now but for them you know they all have their own journeys that they walked Dish our uh drummer a lot of experience um touring being a filling guy for a lot of major acts i mean he was 19 years old when he came to la and first big gig he got was you know with ace freely um you know and his resume just long list um brandon you know he grew up playing bars growing up playing good you know, good country blues music. You yeah. Know? Um, and then Mike, you know, he was a big motorhead, and, you know, more of the kind of, I don't even know what to call that. Like, I don't want to say thrash because it doesn't seem right, but 
you know, he had a he had a band called OFA that he did yeah. for the past twelve years, and you know, he they, we all come from somewhere, you know, oh, but. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely something that I think all of us took interest at a very young age. And, uh, you know, it's, it's stuck with us ever since. I mean, it sucks because, you know, back in those days, those guys were rock stars and those were people that, you know, were huge and we wanted to be that. Nowadays, it seems so, so far away to achieve such status like that, you know. I mean, it's really well, cutthroat, yeah. Because with advancement in technologies and mm-hmm. everything, man, it's it's hard to do these things when everyone can do them now from their home. Just like a, sure, you know, with us with the podcast, it's it's hard to do because everybody has a podcast now. So it's you know it's competitive. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, different. yeah, uh, it, it is. I, and at the same time, I will say it's kind of beautiful in a way because I mean. The more you dive into this, the more great bands you get to hear, the more great bands you get to see. Um, you know, the rock industry has felt dead for a long time um, as far as, you know, status goes, where it's like, you know, we're competing. I mean, the most highly paid people on the planet are DJs. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, rock you know, is it, kind of almost extinct. It's a little sad. Yeah, it's like I almost feel like I'm talking – you know mozart to people when i'm explaining the guitar you ever explain it to you know a younger kid and they look at you like all crazy like what do you mean it's you know where's the effects and all that um but don't get me wrong the more i've spent with this band and communicating social media and stuff it's you know there is a lot of people and it is still a community and you are seeing bands come up you know you got mammoth uh, eddie van halen's son you got you know dorothy she's freaking crushing it dude um mm. you know you got what is it greta van fleet and uh, dirty honey so they're all doing pretty well and yeah you know what they, they're getting young kids into it and going to shows so it makes me feel like they're still you know we're, we're kind of moving back towards that era and it's funny i had a friend of mine the other day uh his name's austin sprinkle he he sings in a band called uh, Leaving Knox, an incredible singer. Um, he was explaining, you know, he's like, do you ever notice that in history, any time that rock was really thriving or blues were striving, was, you know, around pandemics and yeah. uh, wars and all these kind of crazy things going on. And, and you know, I, I kind of feel that, you know, I've, in the last two years, I've really felt like it's been a, a genre that a lot of people seem to, be into and searching for again oh yeah it's it's got a big following i mean i've always loved rock and roll punk rock or just pretty much every genre because my thing has always been i love guitars i love drums that's why i have a hard time with a lot of modern music because it's djs Mm -hmm. it's computers and i just you know i'm only 29 years old but i talked to my younger brother about guitars and stuff like that and he just looks at me like what are you talking about and that's kind of sad because it, you know, there's still some bands out there that use them, but it is becoming kind of uh, something that's lost. And I'm kind mm-hmm. of hoping that the more of this resurgence you see in it, the more people are going to start wanting to be a part of it. You know, I mean, oh, absolutely. Right now, a lot of yeah. it is like the SoundCloud rappers and stuff like that. That's just the most hip thing there is right now. But there is a bit mm-hmm. of a, there is a bit going on, especially because it's. It's quite a community. There's a lot of people that still love it. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Jared James Nichols, another one that's coming up. And, I mean, the dude is just a great guitar player. And, you know, I see a lot lot of people liking his stuff. And, I mean, dude, you go online. I mean, there's a great guitar player, like, every time you turn. So, I mean, to me, I think it's pretty incredible. Sorry, I'm trying to find a room with light. Oh, no, you're fine. No, you're fine. (laughs) Um, But... You know, it, it's just incredible to see more kids into it. And it's funny because, you know, whether you like him or not, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. And, you know, my biggest thing about him is that, you know, John Mayer somehow was able to, you know, keep blues alive and, you know, yeah. top 40 in a way. You know right. what I mean? So, listen, I can tip my hat to anybody who uh who makes it relevant in any way they can i mean shit yeah. even mgk right now whether you like the guy or not like it's pretty incredible i mean he's selling out stadiums and he's rocking a pink schecter you know so you know at least he's it's funny yeah, you mentioned that it, tony <laughs> it's funny you mentioned uh, that because i used to be like really anti-mgk until my youngest brother right. was like you know he does um punk rock now he did a thing with travis barker and i was like no way so mm-hmm. i listened to it and i actually liked it and then come to find out yeah. he did a song with motley Crue for their netflix movie they did oh dude right and such I was, a good song yeah and my brother is like all of a sudden he's wearing motley Crue hoodies and i was like man what do you know about motley Crue? you know he's a 19 year old kid well, but but hold on though yeah not to cut you off <laughs> but did you know who he played in the movie exactly he told me that and i was Tommy like wait what Lee, i had to dude. look at it yeah I was like, that's MGK. And he's like, yeah, and he did a song with him. And I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Because think about it, this rapper that he does have, um, I think he, he gets a bad rep from a lot of people. A lot of that's just to do with the fact that he's a celebrity. They all get judged in some form of way. But it took yep. just him to interest a 19-year-old kid and probably a bunch of them into something that's way before their time. I mean, I took him to the stadium tour uh about a week ago, we went and saw Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. And when I took him, I saw Call all it these... the retirement home special. <laughs> hey, man, that was the best concert I've ever been to in my life. For me and a bunch of 60-year-olds, man, they were rocking. But I took him, and I see all these teenagers walking around with Motley Crue shirts. And I was like, I mean, that's kind of cool. I can't knock them. You know, like, my taste in music came from playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. That's where that started. So, I mean, I didn't know nothing about music until I started listening to that. And then I dove into 90s and 80s and so on. But yeah, I did not know that MGK did a song with him. I didn't know he was in the movie. <laughs> I had to really look into that. I mean, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll give him credit. He's, I didn't care for his rap, but in terms of the album he did recently with Travis Barker, with the, I guess you can call it like punk rock, that was, wasn't bad. I mean, it, Sounded very like Blink One Eighty Two ish, so I mean, I yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, I'm I'm a big Blink One Eighty Two fan, so I was like, yeah, I'll Dude, check it same. out. I love all types of music, though. That's the thing. I'm very, I think I'm more stubborn when it comes to modern music. I have a very hard time with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm all over with music. The only thing I don't get too into is, uh, I guess, really, it's probably just like pop because I like a little mm-hmm. bit of country, but my education with country comes from Austin. That's about it. So <laughs> something I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm, hey. I'm, I'm, I come from the um, country music and something I've started to see bleed over. 
country's kind of been fighting for a long time about this um, mm. modern sound removal of instruments and removal of instruments and more emphasis on just cheap gimmicks um mm. do you do you do you see a lot of that now in rock is that still also battle you're having there or have you been kind of insulated from that because i'm now starting to see it in a bunch of other genres where it's all becoming oh if we make this full of computer sounds and we all have the same beat and every five the top 10 songs on the chart are the same five beats with the same two with the same three um lyrical lists over and over, same lyrics over and over again and, and country music's been fighting that have you seen do you guys see that in in rock also or are you feeling insulated from that garbage well <clears throat> um that's a great question actually because i'll tell you this you know everyone's going to have their opinion on what's what's what what's rock and roll what's country what what it should be and i feel like you know the older i've gotten um I can understand all sides, right? Because, you know, we we like our tradition, right? Like we love what we talk about. We love what made us feel a certain way. And John Mayer said it best, where it's music finds you at a time in your life. And it is so freaking true when he said that, because man, I'll tell you, it's just like taste buds, man. Like there'd be things I didn't like growing up that I'd like now that I never imagined liking. Um, and, you know, to kind of, uh, go with this question in, in the best respect possible for all parties. I think for me, man, you know, it's always been that way, right? Like, I, I feel like, you know, Elvis came out and he had everybody from the traditional background going, this ain't music, what is this? Blah, 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 F to this guy. You know, I can't believe he'd do something like this, you know? And right. and here I, here I am now, you know, where I'm like, yeah, I freaking love Elvis, man. I mean, that guy changed the world. I mean, Absolutely. Um, you know, I look at Justin Bieber and I'll tell you this, I, I actually got to work close with like Young Thug and uh, Kid Leroy, Justin Bieber and that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're in their world. They're doing thing that society and is speaking to the modern tongue, if you will. And I'll tell yeah. you this, man, the musicians they had behind them, some of the highest trained best playing musicians you ever seen. I mean one take and I'll tell you this out of recording my whole life one take musicians people who are just spot on every time Neil Peart perfection right um you know they're all professional Kayla Roy was professional Young Thug was professional I mean Young Thug was knocking every song out one take he's right. looking back like can I go you know I mean these these people show up and they do the job and um you know they believe in what they say and you know, listen, art, um, art, you know, is basically whatever you want, want to do with it. I mean, in my opinion, um, and I'll use a football reference. Uh, I was a huge Steeler fan growing up. Um, and one of my favorite players was James Harrison and he was, you know, the most loved and, you know, scary player ever. And then the next year after his big sack year and just, you know, being hailed as the best, you know, they started putting the head contact rules and everything in. And, you know, you got a guy who's used to doing quote unquote traditional hits or whatever you want to call it. Right. And he had to change, he had to change his game. But here's the problem is that instead of adapting and evolving, which 
in life we need to do to survive. It's a survival instinct. He chose not to do that. You know, he chose to, you know, stand his ground, you know, be, you know, prideful. And honestly, that cost him his career. And I had learned that I'm like, you know what, you can always find a side of yourself through creativity. You know, if the rules are set and they go, hey, this is what we want you guys to do. This is just, this is what's working. This is what's selling. I'm going to take that challenge and I'm going to make it my own, but mm-hmm. I'll play by the rules. I mean, that's just how it goes. And I can't hate on you. And they always say, you know, hate the game, not the player. But, you know, man, I, I used to be that guy of super LA where I was just everyone getting an opportunity and everyone doing well. You know, I just, you're, you're very bitter and cold about it. You can never be happy for him. And, Honestly, I, that's not me anymore. I mean, I'm happy for everyone, every opportunity they get, you know, despite whether I think they're the best band or whatever. It doesn't matter, man. It's like they still earned it in some way. So coming back to the original question, which I know I went on a whole route. Um, oh, no, no, you're good. There, There is, you know, there is statistics. There is proof that, you know, hey, mm-hmm. this is what society wants to hear. This is what we're looking at. This is what sales. And I mean, that's just business in general. And I mean, you know, they say, you know, don't quit hitting the dead horse or what is it uh, to the horse quit spitting out money? You know what I mean? It's, it's just that kind of old technique. However, I think you can always, you can always play the game, but you can always put yourself in it. And I got a taste of that uh, this year. I, you know, was working with a really talented artist, uh, and you know she she was looking to do like the top 40 music and all that and you know as we're listening and kind of understanding the formulas of why these songs are so successful i mean because that's the thing man it's it's like math it, there's an equation for everything there's yeah. a formula to get a, a psychological um a psychological uh response and as i was doing that i'm like man this is a lot more clear clever and a lot more challenging than I thought it would be to write what 2022 would consider a you know a hit song what is done well based off statistics so you know what's special about this band is you know we kind of take our roots Mm. we play the we play the game um now I will say Brandon uh what's special about him is that you know he he knows himself better than anybody Right. So whatever word comes out of his, whatever words come out of his mouth is always going to be his way, his saying, his purpose, all of that. So I, you know, I, I think that's what's going to work best for us. Um, like Greta Van Fleet, right? Like Greta Van Fleet's a great band. Absolutely. You know, do they sound, do they sound like, you know, do they sound like Greta Van or uh, Led Zeppelin? They do. I mean, there's a lot of resemblance there and stuff. Yeah. I mean, the sing- the singer is like right there, right? So mm-hmm. it is one of those things where, um, you know, I, I kind of wish their I wish their lyrics were a little bit more relevant into modern times because they speak a little poetic and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, they're getting the younger generation into rock and roll. So I, I you know, whatever works is working, and I applaud. And at this point in my life, I'm no longer trying to, you know, criticize and go after yeah. everyone. It's, I'm just trying to learn and find my purpose, you know, doing what I love and what makes us feel good. 
So, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. yes, there's definitely rules, guidelines, and everything else, just like any other business, you know, there's yeah. going to be something put afoot to at least give the creative person a direction. Mm-hmm. And that, that's real honorable of you because that's not, I'm, I am, I, I'm a soldier. <laughs> I, go, um, I, I know what, uh, half of my day is spent in these country music forums arguing over whether that this music is really um, worth our while to listen mm-hmm. to. Like everybody knows Luke, everybody, even people who don't listen to country music know who Luke Bryan is. Yep. And Luke, mm-hmm. Luke, Luke Bryan, I think, makes objectively horrible music. <laughs> don't let my wife hear you saying that no his wife adores <laughs> um, but uh-huh. what what it comes down to is and, and and i've the reason i ask that question is because i've seen i've seen it in rock and because at the fringes of country music and the fringes of rock there's a lot there's a couple people that kind of dance around in that area and one of one of them is cody jinx who kind of likes this likes to sway back and forth between the two genres he refuses to input all to allow the pop scene and the computers and he loves instruments and he keeps instruments in and he's he doesn't make the album sales like someone like luke bryant does but cody jinx is regularly selling out i was gonna i see i see his name all the time him and uh luke combs yeah Uh, you know, but once again, and well, here's another thing too, though, man, is that you know, no matter what Luke Bryan says, it don't matter. It, that dude's voice, you can pick out a fucking room, man. I mean, mm. that it's such a recognizable voice, and you know, it's funny. You know, I, I grew up listening to like Randy Travis and Travis Tritt and George Strait and you know Garth Brooks. And, I mean, listen, once again, it's like maybe the topics don't hit you at that time in your life. And that, that's another thing though, that I was saying, you know, John Mayer always said music hits you at a time in your life. Yeah. It, it just may not be hitting us. Maybe we can't relate to it anymore. It's like, I'll be real. I grew up listening to blank way too. I love those guys, but hearing 50 something year old sing about high school, it's just like, ah, oh, man, you know, I'm kind of past that now, you know, it's just not applying him anymore. The Dick Park it's, jokes. Yeah. It's gotta be related to you specifically. Like it's gotta be something that you and know. the and the artist itself. That yeah. There's 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 few things in life that are l- more less infuri- more infuriating than seeing a like seven like a six year old artist. Even they do it in country, they do it in pop. Now they do it in rock, where they get out and they're like, "Hello!" They do that perfect meme, the "Hello, fellow kids" meme, and it's like <laughs> you are collecting social security checks on a monthly right. basis. Mm-hmm. You haven't driven driven a motorcycle. In forty years, so there is no more. In my opinion, there is no more badass outlaw, real country motherfucker than George Jones. Though, I mean, that dude came in this world crazy and he left. You know, still being George. I mean, to get pulled over on a tractor is probably like rock star, rock star thing I've ever heard. I mean, but coming back to it, I mean, you look at all the voices. Uh, Zach Brown, his new record is tremendous. Um, but but once again, Zach Brown came in with you know the chicken fried song, right? I mean that was like the big one. It just had people tapping that toe. But here's something he did different than most artists at the time was he's playing a nylon guitar. 
who thought of putting nylon strings into, you know, country. And I'll tell you this, man. Let me tell you something. If you want to get humbled real quick as a musician, singer, performer, any of it, go to Nashville. Because trust me, you'll walk into any local store, it just a bar. I mean, you know, there's four bars stacked on top of each other. And I mean, everyone's good, man. Yeah. I mean, everyone's good. And it humbles you because you're like, dang, dude, these guys can do this stuff acoustic. They don't need anything. And I mean, you got the same musicians uh studio musicians sitting in there for the past 50 years i mean these guys and i'm not kidding hollywood yates like i was telling you he cut a record out there and he told me they they learned tracked or they learned rewrote tracked and finished Mm -hmm. his whole his whole musical thing of guitar bass violin you know that lap steel guitar and everything he said he did that they did that in 20 minutes damn i mean this is incredible musicianship but once again man is you know and i had to learn a hard lesson myself where i you know i I like to be outside and try every sort of sort of genre i like to find myself in every genre but you know if there's people that are really good at what they do and it may be just the one thing they do it's like hey man you know they they have won people over they've invoked emotion off of that and i can't you know hate on gotta applaud that you know and listen luke bryant's got the smile he has that ass and that jeans and the dude you know what he has a voice that you're not gonna mistake man i mean you know it's luke bryant yeah so i i applaud the shit out of the guy well what i'm curious about is uh how would you because every I see this a lot with every band. Uh, they don't like being labeled as a certain genre. They like to kind of describe what they feel that they are. Um, how would well, you describe your music? Well, in my eyes, uh, I think we're we're like a you know, it's like cooking, right? I. He finally got in here. My him trying his food, like really good food, where you can taste the ingredients and just it's all blemished really well. It's kind of what we are, man. Is like we like to call ourselves a rock band. Do we come from different influences? Yes. I mean, everyone has a thing. Um, so for us, we're gonna sound like the four of us coming together. I mean, and that's right. whatever you hear. That's that's what we are. But you take any of those ingredients out of the equation then it's going to suffer a bit depending it doesn't matter it could be the drummer it could be the singer bass player guitar player don't matter the moment one of those ingredients are taken out it's just going to taste different and sound different so yeah uh, i think with us though you know we're hoping to get in the studio september and you know do an album and all that but i think with us man i think what's special about it is this is the first band i've ever been in where I can't really put a finger in the direction I want to go with it because one second I'm like, man, dude, we could just sit around the fire and play an acoustic song and sound dope. Or we can we can heavy it up and get get down and dirty with it. Or we could just yeah. it, it doesn't matter. No matter what we do, and this is where the singer comes in, this is where he plays the main role. Where, man, dude, you put Brandon on anything. I I've listened to that dude sing in the 
and drop B, he was singing Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. Yeah. But the way he sang it, I was just like, holy shit, no one could ever redo it the way he did it. It's like Chris Cornell. Chris yeah. Cornell say that you're not going to just replicate easy. You know, yeah. I mean, look at the amazing singers that, that we've lost. I mean, Chris Cornell, Scott Weiland, fucking, you know, um, Scott Weiland, Chester Benning, all these people, like, you can't, you have to know who the fuck these people are, you know, yeah. and you can't, you can't recreate. But Brandon, that's what we're What's up, man? Hey, guys, sorry, man. I had a bit of a parenting emergency come up, and, uh, no, you're I'll not exactly track time, man. Understand. No, that is the, that is the most important thing. Oh, I man. was like dealing with, I was, I was dealing with some stuff with my daughter, and I looked down, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> No, you're fine. First day of schools. First day of schools tomorrow. So. Oh boy. Yeah, I know yeah. the feeling, man. I got two kids too. It's bedtime's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I apologize for uh, jumping in late, guys. It's uh, oh no, no extremely unprofessional. I apologize. No, no, no you're. What fine. did I miss? What kind what of lies is that telling you? Uh, mostly you say that just... you're a good singer, so <laughs> yeah, he's lying his ass off. I can already tell right now. <laughs> lying. Now, I was mostly asking him uh, pretty much the straightforward questions of what kind of genre do you guys see yourself as? Uh, what are your influences? But I didn't get to my next question, which everyone's got an artist that I won't say they can't stand, but they do feel is a little overrated. <laughs> I gotta yeah, ask yeah. you. I mean, maybe individually, is there an artist or a band that you feel is a little, little overrated? <laughs> um, I I kind of feel like that's maybe a loaded question, man. Um, and a hundred percent is welcome to. Yeah, there's at least twenty <laughs> of them, but like you know. Yeah. Um, God, man, overrated. Depends artist. what genre. Yeah, there we go. Which genre? There we go. So which genre we're oh. talking. Um, Which genre do I think is overrated? Oh no, I mean, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm almost like Joe Dirt, man. I'm a rocker through and through. Me too. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I grew up on country music, and you know, my dad was in a country band, and you know, growing up in the South, and I love country music. I, I totally do. Um, and I grew up on a on a very eclectic musical background. Um, I. I gotta be honest, man. I'm probably gonna get some hate for this, but honestly, dude, like EDM. Yeah, I can. I, can I cannot stand that. EDM. Oh, this is a this is a friendly crowd to that answer. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't stand I can't stand EDM, man. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, like, look, I, I mean, they're definitely more talented than me when it comes to you know. I mean, like, um, I know enough about compute. Like, ask Zach. He's witnessed me trying to run Pro Tools before. Yeah, it is an absolute catastrophe. Like, it's the worst, dude. It's embarrassing as shit. Like, it's really bad. So I'm not knocking the talent. I, you know what I mean. It's just, it's not something. It, it's just not a musical thing that I'm into. And yeah, all of it sounds exactly the same to me. Yeah, no, I get. And it's kind of like if you're taking just bits and pieces of, you know, of artists that have already done stuff and piecing it together and putting it in your laptop and pushing play. <laughs> right right I, mean. I, will, I will say though man like it's it's a lot more than what what i used to think it was where it was like yeah you know you, you go to like a, a fucking 
wedding and you see someone call the DJ and they're just playing, you know, all this music <laughs> and stuff. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, though, man. The production <laughs> of EDM to find certain sounds and, and make it a song and take yeah. you a certain I'll tell yeah. you this. I, I think the guys like Dead Mouse or something have done it, you know, yeah. to a oh, yeah. to a level that's, you know, okay. I mean, you look at that dude's studio, I would like to just breathe the air that's coming out of that studio. You know what oh, I yeah. mean? Yeah, there's no denying the talent, but yeah. it's one of those things where, like for me, there's, there's certain artists out there that I'll give them credit where it's due, but it's just not for me. That's... Yeah, it's- yeah. I, I love instruments. That's my big problem. Yeah, I me love, too. I love instruments. instruments. And when Guitar, I, and drums. My, yeah, my friend goes, hey, listen to this song. And it's the sound of like aliens having sex on a dashboard. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> but if it's with a guitar, it's pretty cool. That's called Jimi Hendrix. It's yeah. called Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, yeah. man, it's, not just, it's not just like rock and roll stuff, man. Some of the like, you know, best players in the world and some of my favorite guitar players list you are bluegrass players man you know those guys Roy Clark dude like guitar neck on fire dude you think you know yeah dude you think like metal players have got it man guys like you know Ricky Skaggs and Vince Gill are Mm. like some some of the best guitar players in the world period like hands down period you know Hey, I, I didn't want to interrupt either, but Brandon just did. So yeah, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't have any excuse. I was just making dinner. No, 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 no you're fine. No, we're Who grateful to have you. Oh, okay, all right. No, thank yeah. you. We're grateful you guys are here. We do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, I'm just grateful yeah, you guys have like unlimited guys, time. Thank you for you guys having us, man. Oh yeah. What, no did, what, did, what did you guys take on uh, on Machine Gun Kelly? So we were, uh, we actually just discussed a little bit. So here's my thing. I didn't like him at first because I'm very biased. I like gangster rap. You know, I grew up off NWA and stuff like that. So I just can't, yeah. I have a really that hard time. Pound, with him. Man. Yeah, I have a hard time with him, but my younger brothers listen to him. And I was just telling Zach, uh, I recently took him with me to, the 2022 the show, right? stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison. And the reason I did that was because I found out that MGK was in the movie, the dirt that they did about Motley Crue. And I see my brother yeah. wearing Motley like Crue Tommy, shit. Right? Yeah. yeah. He was Tommy. And I, di- I didn't know that. Cause I just, I never cared for him that much. And then he's telling me, well, he did a song with them as well for the movie. And that's mm-hmm. something else I didn't know. I was like, well, I didn't know they were still making music. Like I, I have all their albums, but it had been like it's a dope song ever. No, it's good. It yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and so dirt, like that's the song though too, right? Like not the Muta, but the song that he did with them, isn't it? The Dirt. Yeah, it's called the Dirt, and it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's good. And I mean, <laughs> he got me to sit down and listen to him, uh, at least listen to his punk rock album. And I told him, you know, it's not that bad. You can definitely tell that uh, Travis Barker was in there, kind of yeah. leading the way for him. So I mean, it was sure. it was okay. I won't shit on him for doing what he does. It's just a lot of it's not for me. But you know, I like honestly, honestly, that's like that's why I asked because you were talking about, um, you know, what artist or what genre you think is overrated. Yeah, that was that was kind of my thing. It's like Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know, dude. My wife like loves him. Like, well, he loves rap stuff, and and now he's he's done this crossover. 
Gun Kelly, man, because like, well, we went, we went to, I took her to the show for her birthday just recently, man. And I tell you what, like, I've seen a lot of fucking shows. Like, I've, I'm a metal guy, like, through and through. Grew up on Pantera and like all that shit. And yeah, and and I've kind of taken the blinders off of of my music genre as I got older. And, yeah. You know, I was listening to Post Malone yesterday, but. Um, that fucking show was one of the best I've ever seen. Like, it was it was retarded. And I don't know if it was the same show you got to see in, in uh, with Molly Crew and stuff, but we saw him at the Footprint Center. It was him and Avril, and like I just I was not feeling I was not feeling it, dude. And then and then he came out, man, and they just fucking killed it. And it was I was I, I left there kind of changed. Change chart. Am I gonna go buy a shirt? No. Am I gonna go buy a record? <laughs> no. Right. I guess. You know, but I, um, I, I, he definitely gained some fucking huge respect for me if that means anything. You know, but, he will outperform anybody, man. Yeah, I would hate to ever follow that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, <sighs> if Crashing Red ever did a show with Machine Gun Kelly, I rest comfortably doing that show, knowing we're definitely going on before him. Direct support, so, you know, right? <laughs> you know, like we. So we have a saying in the band is like, we, if we're opening for you or you know we're playing before you, we're gonna we want to be very hard to follow. Yeah. Um. You know, so we kind of feed off the energy of the band that's coming after us, and generally we'll know what band that is, and we're trying to one up them. You know what I mean? It's nothing. It's nothing. You know, out of spite. It's just you know, kind of a, a thing we like to do is like, we got, we're going to go out there and bring it's it, make it hard to follow. Yeah. It's a oh, friendly yeah, thing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, I would feel comfortable going on, um, before machine gun Kelly, but I feel with, with that mentality in the band that one of us is getting hurt during that show. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's falling but, off the stage. Now, now let, somebody's let going this ham. Be told, let this be told. If we ever did get a show, MGK and we had a budget Take it. then I would say we give him a run for his money because <laughs> if we had a fucking budget and got shit we wanted to do live then then you have a competition you know Brandon's yeah. gonna come out tank Mike's gonna freaking fly across the stage you know like we're gonna make sure it's gonna be the most epic shit ever someone's so. gonna be on a wire doing 360s in the air yeah. well it's like wave lasers it's yeah, like lasers. you'll ever see a school where dressed up like Guar or something. You know? <laughs> it does bring out the best in you, though. I mean, it does, man. It does. You know, yeah. there's like there's a lot of bands I don't like. Or you know, my wife is a very big Fall Out Boy fan. I'm not, but if I was yeah. in, if I was in a band and I was told that I can open up for them, I'm taking that opportunity. They're oh, sure. They're a big. You know, they have a big they're following. Big <laughs> so I mean, you can't complain yeah. too much. You know what I mean? I will, yeah, man. I won't they deny them their talent. They sure. did a couple of songs that I really liked, man. It, you know, I mean, but like on any given day, if you got in my car and drove with me 12 hours, chances are <laughs> if we random played my playlist, you're not going to hear Fallout Boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at with it. I like maybe one song by him, but that's about it. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what band should come back, though. And to be honest, is probably the biggest rock band in our like in this time of the 2000s and up in my opinion 
And I mean, they got like queen status was My Chemical Romance. Like, I love them, man. I would I, love that fucking band to come back, man. I love like, them. I want them to so bad. Like when I what saw happened, Brian May on stage with them and they were doing, you know, the Black Parade and then, you know, they went into Queen and did yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I, like I was teary out. It's like finally a band with this kind of talent, you know, at, at the modern level, top 40, you know, kind yeah. of stuff um but that's a band that should come back man i mean you know sure. i don't know if they ever will but that, you know what? that's definitely a rock band, that, what band I, i'm excited i'm seeing stuff from again man like i feel like i didn't hear anything from them like not even live shows or anything for a few years that i've like i've started seeing them doing stuff again and i've been seeing stuff on social media from them and you know three doors down man Oh, I love Three Doors Down so much. Yeah. To do stuff again, and it's the original lineup, and I'm like, Dude, thank you all so the, much. All, all those 90 band, 90s bands are like just trying to make a resurgence. Um, a lot of them are coming back, yeah. And like, you know, there's there's a lot of young, a younger crowd that's into it. I went to a I went to a concert a few years ago. It was Blink-182 and then a couple of newer, like modern bands. Yeah. When I got there, I thought all the young kids would be there for the newest bands, but they were, you know, there's the 14 year old kids rocking Blink 182 gear. And I was like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to dog on them. That's pretty cool because yeah. chances are they don't know any of that shit. I mean, they probably just heard a few songs and they're really getting into it. And I'm fine with that. That just keeps it going. Dude, absolutely. Dude, you know what, man? It's, but it's like all the clothes, too. Like, I'm a, I, you know, I went, my middle school and high school years was the 90s, right? Oh, yeah. So, like all the clothes that you saw people wearing, like in the nineties, the high school and stuff is all. I see kids walking around in like, yeah, you know, plaid, plaid and Doc Martens and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on around here, man? <laughs> when I was in high school, I wore a lot of the eighties t-shirts. My teachers are always stopping me, asking me like, "You like Metallica? What, what do you know about Metallica? Or what do you know about Pantera?" And I always yeah. wore those, and I think it's a lot of it was because when I was growing up as a kid. My dad was very uh, hard when it came to music. He kind of had a rule for the longest time. It was his music or no music. So I didn't hear a lot of good stuff until I was a teenager, but growing up, I got to hear. (laughs) I think we all grew up with that rule, right? Yeah, absolutely roasted Tony's dad. (laughs) Well, no, here's the thing. This is where I love him is because of him, I I learned to love Motley Crue and stuff like that. Like I ended up loving the shit out of it. I was digging through his cassette tapes and, I'd find a bunch of different shit I ended up liking, especially Def Leppard. And so because of yeah. him, I like a lot of the older stuff. Because of my dad, I ended up like now, if I hear Ray Price, yeah, I'm like, I'm running out the room, dude. Like I cannot listen to Ray Price. My dad used to listen. Like, I don't know if y'all know who Ray Price is. He's like, yeah, oh. I do. so like my dad would listen to like Ray Price's City Lights album on road trips on freaking repeat we had like the tape deck in the car that it, you didn't have to take the tape out it just flipped sides on its own right and it would just play over and over and over and i'm just like dude i'm literally about to hurl myself out of this car right now on the highway <laughs> one more time like i can't i can't listen to it my uh growing up my dad was a really big billy ray cyrus fan and i just that's one yeah. thing that's Poor i child. can't i can't do it i'm sorry i've <laughs> I've tried. I just can't do it. I like you. Don't bullshit you. I know your ringtone is "Achy Breaky Heart." That was my dad's favorite song. That was always playing, and 
you know what's crazy is i never realized like how big he was uh, oh, i'm talking you're... like pre-hannah montana okay i'm talking ladies and yeah gentlemen. the early yeah, the days show... he was big and i just like not... gentlemen the show has a new this theme like garth brooks <laughs> yeah he yeah. was he was a giant for his time, and my dad was mad in love with him, and I just I couldn't do it. I don't know what it is. Which, so now when I hear it, is, I don't want to. Yeah, the whole thing with Billy Ray Cyrus is like people talk about he was so big. You said like he he was Garth Brooks level big, yeah. but you talk to kids now and you talk about Garth Brooks and they know him. He's a people talk about Billy Ray Cyrus and he goes. Isn't that the Hannah Montana's dad? Yeah, that's I was, was going to say, oh, say Hannah him? Montana's dad. <laughs> it's like... It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, you know, honestly, man, like, and speaking of concerts, that was literally one of the best concerts I ever went to was Garth Brooks, was one of the best oh, yeah. shows. Yeah. Like, live show, like, even if you if you hated Garth Brooks' music, his live show was a sight to behold, man. It was... Oh, like, yeah. It was amazing. Garth... Garth is entertainer of the year almost every year still to this day for that reason. Oh, yeah. damn, he, puts really? out, he puts out no new music and all he does is fill stadiums and tear people's That's, underwear off. Yeah. He fills the stadiums. He fills the stadiums and the parking lots around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's like Garth is like Beatles big. Yeah. You know, he's Elvis. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's, he's big. My dad listened to him too. Living Elvis right now. He's the closest thing to Elvis we have that's living. How long this is a dumb question, but how long has Garth Brooks been around for? I remember my dad oh, listening to him Jesus when I was a little Christ. kid. He put, out, he put out his first single, I want to say it was like eighty three or eighty four. God damn. Huh. He's still going. That's he was cool. Back I mean days, he, dude. Early. Him, Michael Jackson are the only people that could ever make a headset mic cool. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> like, he's the only dude. Brooks, bro, I'm like, take it off. Yeah, bitch. You ain't got that. I'm not Brooks. <laughs> You're not Brooks. You're not. You're not Garth. Take that shit off, Brittany. Dude, nothing beats his SNL skit with Will Ferrell, though. Have you guys seen that? Oh, oh yeah. He sells yeah. his it sells his soul to write a song and we'll that's right it. yeah i remember that yeah and he writes a hit yeah. you guys like, have I seen a lot better about myself you guys <laughs> you guys have seen garth brooks's like facebook intro video no like when he first gets a face oh my god it's so good he's the most awkward human being of all time like, he's so great on stage but like individually so awkward and so he gets on facebook just guys I'm so excited to be on Facebook because I get to talk to you, and I like that. (laughs) And and he just makes full eye contact, non-breaked eye contact with the camera. Just staring into the camera. Yeah, exactly like that. It's this close the whole time, and he goes, and I can't wait to bring you more stuff and talk to you, and I like that. And it's the whole thing repeats that same phrase over and over again, and the whole time you just feel like there's spiders crawling on you you're like oh. what are you like, doing you're like old... uninstalling facebook at that point <laughs> yeah it's like it's time to stop causes that's caught that's why facebook crashed <laughs> yeah you watch you watch it and you go oh yeah that's right garth brooks is an old man well so, dude and you know crazy is they did this interview where they were talking to his kids you know like that documentary they did about him 
and they were talking to his kids and they were like, so what's it like growing up in your house? And they're like, oh, it was normal. You know, we I was like, you're so full of shit, dude. Your dad's Garth Brooks and your mom's Christian Yearwood. Yeah, you can't. You, there's no way you grew up in that house and didn't know your parents were famous. Don't yeah, zero zero exactly. chance. Yeah. Like so, you've got two of the biggest country megastars ever. You were driving across Oklahoma and your dad wasn't playing Tulsa and there wasn't like 52 billboards on the side of the road. Dad, you're on a billboard. <laughs> yeah. Or when you're driving through their hometown, because I got family that lives in Oklahoma and I can remember driving there as kids and it's like 50 miles from the home of Garth Brooks. <laughs> 30 miles from the home of Garth Brooks. And then you get there and it's like this massive water tower. The home of Garth Brooks. Yeah, it's like, Dad, why does everybody love you here? He's like, I was the mayor once. Was the- <laughs> yeah. What's your guys' uh, goal, though? I mean, with the band, are you looking to sell out stadiums or you just kind of want to go with the flow and see where it takes you? Oh, we want to go with the flow and see where it takes us, but we really want to take want it to take us to selling out stadiums. Hell yeah. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate <laughs> yeah. dream. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I do. No, it's go not ahead, you're good. Money, man. I just want to play in a stadium with, you know, 20,000 people screaming our songs back at us. Dude, that'd be freaking incredible. I dream. would do that show for free. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's the ultimate dream. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this, you know, um, personally, when it comes to this question, you know, because everyone always wants to have that answer, like the fame and, yeah. You know, biggest band on the planet but i think um what's special about our sound and kind of special about how we do things is that it's how we do things and um i really i really pray that as we go along and uh if we do see some success i really pray that we're honestly always kind of in the driver's seat as far as the direction of everything goes because we all know we've read too many stories and horror stories of artists that have just, you know, there's nothing they can do when they get locked in a contract. Yeah. Uh, they sell their well, soul. We've got friends like, that have had contracts that have, are like, you know, get screwed by label bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it can the, happen to Taylor Swift, it can happen to you. Okay. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Talking about stadiums. I mean, that chick, you say Taylor Swift in a stadium lines up outside you know i mean yeah so i think it for for us you know i'm praying that you know as we go along and we do we've been a very blessed band considering that our first song came out in february you know i mean we've had some really awesome opportunities we've you know met a lot of amazing people and had a lot of amazing response and support very very early and i'm you know i know that we're all grateful for that and we love seeing it grow but as you know, as I said, as like as long as we're in the driver's seat, and as long as we're always kind of, you know, calling the shots about what music we write, and yeah. you know, not not doing stupid stuff. I mean, like you know, what was special about the Beatles, man, is that the Beatles, they're always writing for themselves. They're always wanting to evolve. They're always wanting to, you know, grow as people. And you know, for us, like I said earlier, before the guys got on, you know this is the first band I've ever been in where it's not a gimmick, man, where it's like, we're specifically this and this is what we do. And this is, you know, right. You want to be kind of like everywhere. Don't have it. it. I mean, do one second. I could feel great playing in front of 50,000 people with all of us on an acoustic or with all of us on the stage with big amps. I mean, it, it don't matter. I know that 
it's just, I mean, dude, if I'm being honest, like, I love hearing Brandon sing by himself with an acoustic. Like, that's my favorite way to hear him sing, you mm. know? Like, it's pretty freaking cool that you got a singer that can grab some, grab your attention by himself, yeah. you know, and be recognizable enough to where you're like, now that's Brandon, I, I, you know, without a doubt, you know? I think, so. that, I think that that's the big thing is, like, there's so many musical backgrounds, like, in our band specifically that, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get an album. And it's been discussed, like, a theme for an album or, like, a specific yeah. sound for an album. And it just never happens, man. It's like, you know, we cover the gamut from, like, stuff that, you know, the, the album we're working on now, we're in the studio cutting now, has stuff that's very soul okay, kind of. yeah, yeah. yeah all inspired there's heavier stuff in there like really riffing heavy stuff there's you know blues sounding shit in there country sound and stuff it you know i mean i don't really and i'm with zach on this i don't want to be pigeonholed into saying like hey this band does this right exactly and they don't move from this you know it's like no this and all of this out here too you know and it no matter what it's going to be us but you know i mean i don't want to be locked into one thing saying oh these guys are a a whatever band you know what i mean yeah no that that totally makes sense i mean if you want to do it then you can do it that's a whole lot better than saying i'm just gonna keep doing this for 20 plus years but you know what on the the same note like i told you earlier i I had to learn this lesson very important one is that there's nothing wrong with people who do just that you know it's like yeah fucking great too and you know like one of our favorite bands acdc it's like malcolm and angus were the the genius behind that thing you know it's funny we just celebrated uh back in black and i i just for some reason went into a trance and just started doing all my research on that record and there's so many amazing things about that specific record and the fact that you know it's the number two most sold yeah yeah yeah, i was gonna say that's the most shocking thing and when when you really get down to it and you start digging into like let's say acdc i think that really like they're the only band that can do what they've done because consecutively over however many years what is 40 plus years now 50 years they've out of all the albums they've done they've really made one album Mm -hmm. but it's they're all hit was it the (laughs) first track yeah they did you know is exactly the same as the one they're gonna write tomorrow you know what i mean well, honest, just, honestly uh, like if they did anything else wouldn't you be disappointed i probably would and there's a reason that like <laughs> like the slowest the slowest tempoed song they got what is i mean mike zach correct me if i'm wrong but isn't it hell's bells i want to say the lowest that's... tempo they've got hell's bells is the closest thing to a ballad I was just gonna crack bump, I think that's the slowest one. But you know what's crazy? To capitalize on this conversation, furthermore, okay, so what's, I mean, my opinion, Bon Scott is one of the most irreplaceable people ever, right? Like, there's no way you're gonna ever replace a voice like that. They replace him in two months with Brian Johnson. They record that album in the Bahamas. I never knew this. 
They recorded that album in the Bahamas, finished that shit in six weeks. The very first song he wrote was You Shook Me All Night Long. Right. Getting me. Um, and they say that all studios actually reference the Back in Black album to get the right room sound in the Bahamas. I guess it's that famous for it. Right. But you know, is Highway to Hell was the record before it. Both those records are their top two selling records of all time. So it's weird because Highway to Hell was their Back in Black. Then they come out with Back in Black with another singer, and it's their number one record. So it was number one to number one. Right. And, it's and there's, like, there's, there's not another out there that could do it. I, I honestly don't think there's another band in history that could do what ACDC has done. Right. And remain relevant. Yeah, I was going to say, they're still going, man. They, the crazy they, part they is, put a brand new album tomorrow. I'm on the waiting list for that shit to down. <laughs> and it's going to be incredible. And I'm going to listen to it for like a month straight on repeat. You know what I mean? This is my last rant about this. The crazy thing about the whole situation with Brian Johnson is that Bon Scott himself told the band about Brian Johnson. Right. That's yeah like mind-blowing bro it's like the whole story in your mom mom and dad's basement one day and then fronting one of the biggest rock bands and this next day like literally the next day 32 years fucking at home parents like amazing yeah yeah that's crazy shit i was like that's how you get a heavy set of pants let me ask you what i haven't really got to hear a response or you know what you guys thought of uh, the songs you've heard so what what are you guys feeling when you listen to it oh well firstly firstly i gotta ask this like cover are you on, on spotify for um the most the newest one that you put out who did that because it's awesome oh for that's my story yeah exactly yeah, that's really good my- Mike knows uh, the artist that did that, that we use. Uh, uh, what's his name, Mike? Steve. Steven. The, the artist that we use for our cover arts. Oh, his name's um, Steven Yodada. He's out of Indonesia. Indonesia. He mainly does like, like stoner rock like art. So, right. I kind of knew, knew him from when we would call upon his art from uh from past band I was in yeah dude I was just like maybe he could fucking come through and yeah he did the he did the poison chick um not the one that's on Spotify but the one that's um on our merch like all on all of our shirts and stuff. Yeah. Um and then yeah he did the uh that's my story cover. The one the point the one that's on Spotify for poison that was guy that drew that's the director for rick and morty oh yeah really? he drew that one of the one of the directors one of the directors zach knows him and yeah, uh, asked him hey man would you would you do a you know kind of a comic booky chick and this is what we want her to look like and it was yeah. like an hour later we had that album cover and we were like yep that looks good <laughs> well, oh, okay. I, I liked him uh that's my story when i heard it i was telling zach what I loved about it is you guys had definitely like a rock and roll sound, but it was also a little bit Southern too. I yeah. liked it because it reminded me of something old school, such as ACDC. 
something, you know, along those lines, I was like, wow, this is kind of different because you don't hear a lot of that now, especially not on the radio. Dude, uh, I'll you, man, that's my story was so off the cuff. Like, it was last year, left field, off the cuff. We did not plan on doing that song whatsoever. <laughs> Sorry, um, Blue. We had gone, gone to the studio. We're with Chris Robertson from Blackstone Cherry. And we were in the studio and we were, I want, we had want, I wanted to do, um, like a, a, a ver, one of our versions of midnight in Montgomery. We'd done it live and, and I want, and I love Alan Jackson and I love midnight. To Montgomery. I was like, dude, we can dirty this up and really make it dark and, yeah. and heavy, you know, and it's this kind of spooky ghost story song and I really dig it. And so we went in to do it and there was just no way to really do that song to pay homage to it and but to make it different enough to where it was us yeah absolutely bastardizing the song you know what i mean and like <laughs> right right yeah and so i would say thank chris, god <laughs> and chris was sitting there and he said it's a good idea man he said but i just don't see it. we tried me and chris sat in the studio for probably three hours and and messed around with it the structure of it and it there was just no way to do it and do it right you know, or at least yeah. a week. And so we kind of made the decision to scrap it. And Chris was like, well, let's come up with something else, another cover and um, kind of make it our own. And we're going through songs. And I think he picked like, he, he brought out a couple like Waylon Jennings songs and some other stuff. And we're kind of thinking through it. And it just hit me, man. I was like, what about that's my story? And he's sitting there and goes, that's my story. And I was like, yeah, you know, and I kind of sang, you know, the, the verse. And he's like, Colin Ray. That's my story. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I know it sounds dumb, but I, I think it could work, you know? And yeah. we put Colin Ray's vocal in Pro Tools just to kind of see what we could come up with around it. And Chris hit that ba-dum, dum, ba-dum, ba-dum, dum, <laughs> right. And he just he just looked at me and he goes, We're fucking doing this. And we tracked the guitars. And then Zach came in, I think the next day, and did the lead on it, right? Well, I left to go pick up Mike because yeah. I, it was discussed that and we had the we had the rhythm. Um, I had the rhythm guitars tracked and the doubles tracked, and then Zach came in and cut the leads on it. And he actually left, I think, the next day, and Mike cut bass, and then it was me and Dish left there. And for some reason, I had to cut drums on everything yeah drums and vocals i remember remember walking in that studio walking into that studio i was like because we were all thinking midnight montgomery i hadn't heard shit right as i came in that studio it was like what the fuck is this (laughs) like i I know i was like what is this but then then he's like we put the vocals down on it and Zach had left and Mike had left when we did drums and vocals to it. So they didn't even get to hear the finished product until like probably we'd been gone like a what a week. Well, we no. Got- so, so what had happened was that Mike came in, Dish came in the next day. I left the day after that. I cut the leads in the morning or whatever. And I'll never forget this. Uh, our, our engineer, who's fucking incredible, is uh, Jordan Westfall. He did um, 
he did the last Blackstone Cherry record. He's doing the new Blackstone Cherry record. He also did, um, dude, what's that badass band that they're rocking? We came into town. It sounded like a pirate band. They're super Harvard. badass. Which the one Josephines. is it? Harmon's Josephines. Well, the Josephines is the one I was thinking of. Anyway, coming back to it, I remember leaving that morning. I cut leads and all that. And I don't even think Brandon had put vocals down yet. And I remember getting off the plane and they were in my email. And oh. it was that fast where I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was, I mean, it was, his board mixes, like, I don't even want to touch. I mean, the guy's so good on his end. board mixes. Like, Jordan will give you a board rough five minutes after you've cut the song. Mm-hmm. Go outside and, like, have a cigarette or something and come back in. And he's got a board rough and it's damn near good enough to release. Yeah. It's like, don't touch it. It's like, don't even touch it. Just master that shit. The mix is perfect. Just master right. it. Done. You know, but it. what's crazy, man, is, like, we'd stayed in the studio late that night, and um, we were just, like, we're goofing off. It's like, me and Chris and Jordan and Dish, and I think Steve was in there, the bass player for Blackstone Cherry, was in there, and, and we were just goofing off and late, and everybody's tired. And, and um, Chris was like, this song's missing something. Like, what are we going to do? And we originally, the re- the call and repeat parts, the repeats, yeah, actually like doubled out gang vocals and we scrapped them. But he doesn't and, even do the recording. Yeah, they're not even in there. And so when you go back in, if you could isolate each one of the voices in that gang vocal, it's us making up voices. So it's like there's Kermit the Frog in there. There's like Christopher <laughs> Walken, isn't it? Because right. I can do voices, right? So we had like, you know, Kermit the Frog, that's my story, <laughs> you know? And like he's in there. It's all these like stupid voices, you know? And Chris is like, you got to sound drunk, sound drunk. And it's like blurring. There's all like right. voices in there. And then when Jordan mixed him, it sounds like this drunk crowd. <laughs> You know, but no one will ever know. There's like Christopher Walken in there and Kermit the Frog. <laughs> it's like Anzo and right. I do impersonation of my, I have a little chihuahua. Don't make fun of me. She's vicious, <laughs> but I got a chihuahua and um, her voice is like this. This is how she talks. <laughs> She's in there. That's my story. Oh, that's my story. It's like, dude, it's so stupid. The shit that's in there. But it like when it was mixed, it sounded spectacular so it's right. just a credit to jordan and chris like just said let's do something stupid and it came out badass you know so but yeah i mean that's i mean i guess that's all part of it too is being creative going yeah. beyond uh going beyond what you know you can do that's always i think that brings out the best yeah. in people especially in this realm i mean i always wanted to be in a band but as a kid i think the thing that made me kind of give up that was the idea that I was terrible at writing lyrics. When I tried, I wanted to have my own ownership, but I'm just not good at it. (laughs) So am I, dude. Listen, I'm fucking horrible at lyrics, man. Like, you can ask these guys how many times I've rewritten a few songs. Like, and all process, yeah. Into one, and it's like, yeah, that's it. And then we'll get in, I'm like, that's fucking stupid. And then I'll go back, I'll rewrite something like one or two words, you know, it just, it happens over time with me. I'm not, I'm not like a, 
you know, I don't have that poetic mind where I just sit down and, and write a poem and then put it to music. You know what I mean? I'm not. Yeah, that that's that's the thing. Uh, yeah, so that was it, my issue. You know, oh. and I think the skill that I think it's the skill that's developed. It, you know, like I understand there are some of those guys out there that are just like, God bless. You can just do it. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got guys like Miles Kennedy. That, in my opinion, I love Miles Kennedy. And whether you like his singing or not, man, his lyrics are some of the, you know, I mean, he just writes amazing lyrics. He's a really great lyricist. So I think you got guys like him and then you got guys like me that kind of stumble across it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and maybe I take a line from this song that I heard that I like and I take a line from that song. And, you know, that's, that's I've, a good had mechanism, very, though. I've had very few original thoughts, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, I think, it works, though. It does. Well, <clears throat> I, Thing to think too though is that you know when you're inspired you're you know and you're talking to somebody and you're on this level and this connection I mean really songwriting is as easy as talking I mean if you've ever you know looked into interviews of people who've written songs that you know was their big song or whatever sometimes they're like yeah I wrote that in five minutes you just gotta be inspired you know what I mean um, I think a lot of times and this is what Brandon is good at not doing is trying to think like somebody else. I mean, Brandon only knows how to be Brandon. I mean, is he inspired by things? Yes. But Brandon doesn't go there and think, well, you know, this is what Robert Plant would have thought, you know, or yeah, exactly. Think. None of that bullshit. And that that's usually how people think, right? Like, yeah, like, who inspired them, how they would have gone about it. And, you know, the worst traits that a human can have is compare and compete because, you know, comparing to others does nothing for yourself. I, agree, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't do anything. And then competing also doesn't do anything because really, you know, there's no wrong or right answer when it comes to art or expression. I mean, it's it's all relevant, man. I mean, dude, Jesus Christ, what's her name? Uh, the one that broke up the Beatles, Yoko Ono. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, there was a video and there was a shit ton of people there to see it. But man, have you ever heard that woman grab a mic and just go at it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like doing these things, and I'm just like, you know, people paid to go see that though. So can I hate on that? Right. No, I guess I can't because people paid to see it, and it somehow invoked an emotion, even though I think she looks possessed as hell when she's doing it. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm just saying this for you down the road. If you, because it's never too late to pick up a book and start writing and writing music. I mean, like I said, you know, I've got you a book look this thick. You can ask these guys. I've got like one of those composition notebooks. Yeah, like that thick. And every now and then, I think of a line and I just open it up to a page and write a line down. You know what I, I mean? Put it in there. Yeah. And, and you know, or I'll hear somebody like I'll be watching a movie and hear somebody come out with like a saying or something in a movie. Yeah, like a line of some sort. Yeah. Cool you know, and like write it down, you know, or I'll, I'll think of something and write it down, you know, and then, and then every now and then when I'm having trouble with lyrics, I go back through that book and kind of pitch yeah. it. Like, I don't know where I heard this line, but I heard it somewhere and I take it and put it, you know, into a song, you know, um, you know, I think, and it, it doesn't have to be anything complicated, but you know, like talking about the Miles Kennedy thing, have with Slash, he has a song called Battleground, and it's like a ballady slow song called Battleground, but it's like 
the opening words to that song are so prolific to me. And it's, it's a song about like, you know, two, two lovers that they fight constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the opening line is one more shot across the bow, one more bullet in the fog. You know yeah, what I mean? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, fuck. I, 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 I got to bow out. Uh-huh. I, I got to dip. I'm, I'm about to eat. That's oh. no problem, boss. Uh, unfortunately for me, duty calls as a parent. So uh, I hate to do this. We got to wrap up. But Hold on, closing question. Tony. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. I got one more La- question. Go ahead. Last week, we talked about what movies, what is the worst movie to show to a kindergarten class? So I, I need to know real quick. What do you think is the worst movie to show to a kindergarten oh, is class? Is this when we did that fucking list that you yeah okay i remember this tony lost his job as a kindergarten teacher we'll leave it at that one but i have to to leave so i'll answer first dude i think it's a fucked up movie to show to anybody but last house on the left (laughs) i'll give him therapy (laughs) dude yeah that that movie is like fucked up even if you're uh an adult like, yeah. yeah no yeah, i'm a hardcore horror fan dude that movie that's like, still messes with me yeah. yeah that's something that like you know if you're having a chick over at your house and like <laughs> you know like, that's where she leaves yeah put, yeah don't put that <laughs> movie on ever <laughs> right <laughs> but uh yeah it's been great guys thank you yeah, thank you and, for uh, being on yeah thank you mike yeah. we really appreciate it man all right man have a good one he's with I think I'm probably worst movie to show to a kindergarten class. Mask. Is that the ah. like the one right? The the one with Cher. Oh, and Sam, oh, yeah. Sam Elliott's the dad, right? The stepdad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's the story of Rocky Dennis or whatever with the El- face. That's a really messed up movie. Yeah. yeah mask, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I say that because. It's sad. I watching it when I was a kid, and I'm like, this. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a sad movie. That's a rough it one. Is. I would say Mask, or like, I don't know, something like, you know, Debbie Does Dallas or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, too. But, <laughs> oh, man. Um, what about you, Zach? What do you say? Uh, probably the Shawshank Redemption. That was on Tony's list. That was <laughs> the reason dude. why I that is just because it just makes you give up hope. And it does, dude. It tears you apart. The other, the other one that was on Tony's list that he was forced to put a little high was the boy in striped pajamas. I put uh, that at number four, though. I think, right? Yeah, it was like number. So four it was, was like least top likely. five movies that you no. Boy in the striped pajamas was one of your top ones that you would show <laughs> to a kindergarten good. class. Well, it's Wait, educational. Well. <laughs> This is going to get this, man. I mean, like that Schindler's List has got to be up there, you know? Like, that's a hard movie to watch. That's that's all. That's rough. It's horrible. Gardner, you're like, this happened? Like, yeah, this is, this is, this is real life. movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, this shit happened, you know? I I still think like the worst one you could show a kid is when my dad showed me when I was like three. It was uh, the old child's play movie. Because then as a child, as a child, you never trust your 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 toys. I'm always like starting to walk away from your back. <laughs> when I started, okay, so I, when I was a kid, so I was terrified of the dark. I was terrified of 
toys. Then as I, I was older, I was terrified to drive at night, dude. Like thinking about that knife coming up through the seat, you know, yeah. coming behind you while you're driving and it's all dark and quiet and shit, you know? Like, yeah. I'll tell you what was fucked up. And now that I think about it, I think it's probably the most fucked up movie. I, I'm going to change. I'm going to change my, my opinion here. All right. What is, which one is it? And not the new one. The new one's fucking guard. The new one's not as bad as the old one, in my opinion. Stephen King's It. Yeah. That movie messed with me as a kid. Dude, the old one. The old Yeah, one. the TV series uh, Tim Curry Tim played. Her- anyways, yeah. Clown, dude. You know what I mean? Like, it was scary because that was a realistic type of clown you'd see as a kid. Minus yeah. the fucking teeth. Yeah, but <laughs> the face didn't get get all fucking weird and shit that's something you see at a circus yeah it's like it's a yeah. little too close to home that's like you the, know the, the other pennywise and the new one they made him see they made him look like a monster and, just... evil, and he wasn't being angry and evil you know yeah. what i mean the yeah original guys look like any old goofy clown you know yeah and then that tone changes and that's when it scares the shit out of you it's just oh, it's terrifying yes. we all <laughs> it's like i remember that so that that's Nigel Thornberry in the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> so I I don't know, man. Like that's how I'll always view that guy. He, he'll never scare me because I'm like, that's Nigel from the Thornberry. <laughs> Lies, huh? Why do you call it a Jeffrey? Well, who could be mad at Jeffrey? <laughs> I guess oh, maybe Nickelodeon. Austin, which one did I have on number one? I don't remember. <sighs> Because it wasn't by choice, I'll tell you right now. The worst one I think you could show him is that ridiculous Human Centipede movie. The movie's nah. disgusting. Nah, you got to do the South Park version. Should I have the cuddlefish? Human Centipede. <laughs> that was actually, I enjoyed that a whole lot more than that stupid ass movie. Man. Dude, I was sitting here the other day. My daughter is seven, and I was sitting on the couch, dude, and I'm watching TV, and um, I forgot. I forgot she was here. You know, she. I got a pretty quiet kid, right? Yeah. And I forgot she was even downstairs. I thought she was upstairs in her room doing whatever. And um, dude, I started watching American Dad. <laughs> and, and it was like one of the worst episodes of American Dad, dude. I mean, like it was raunchy, dude. Like so raunchy. And I hear a giggle, and I look over, and my daughter is like. <laughs> goldfish and watching american dad with me <laughs> i'm like, have a real cool smart kid. kid i'm like oh shit oh no no we're turning this off i was like i don't want to watch this anymore you know like i'm changing the but, yeah. like, but now she came down here the other day and i was like we're gonna watch something i can rest what do you want to watch she's like let's watch american dad and i'm like ah no do not no. tell your mom we watched that do yeah. not <laughs> they were watching that we were watching american dad right you know, exactly it's a trip my son, I get, like she just walked down the stairs behind me <laughs> damn it <laughs> you know oh i know that i know that story all too well <laughs> how many kids do you have man i got two well yeah. so i have two that are mine but i i have custody of my younger sister-in-law who's like a teenager okay. so it's kind of it's a little weird i got two-year-old and eight-year-old and then the sister-in-law is 16 so it's quite a gap but yeah, yeah yeah it's always yeah, busy. Man. It, 
it's uh it's a blessing man but like at I, people, I had a friend ask me, you know, you know, one time he, he was having, just found out his wife was pregnant and stuff. And he was asking me for some dad advice, you know, like, what do you do to be a good dad? I'm like, like your objective as a dad is to not screw up too bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, if they don't die and you don't screw them up, you succeed. <laughs> yeah, you know? ex- exactly. And it's, yeah. it's one of the best things in my opinion. I mean, a lot oh, yeah. of people, I know they, I know that not everyone has that same feeling but it's when it happens to you i think it's definitely you realize it's the best feeling in the world it is man like i i wouldn't i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah exactly and then you know like you know the other day we were saying something with my with my daughter and a, a friend of mine had asked her said well you know what kind of music do you like like and she's like oh i like this that, and the other like what's your favorite band she looks at him and goes crashing revelry <laughs> like, it's a good feeling right like yeah right you're still not getting ice cream but cool answer (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) my my favorite story along those lines is tony's tony's oldest daughter is wicked smart but she picks up what other people says and just wholeheartedly believes it yeah so one time they went to the store and they wanted to get these big old hoop earrings and tony goes no you can't get big hoop earrings because the bigger the hoop the bigger the hoe he and his oh. wife climb into the car with his mother, and his mother has these big old hoop earrings on. And she oh, goes, all about that. He goes, Grandma, guess what my daddy told me? <laughs> Smart Grandma kid, dude. Huge hoe. <laughs> Smart kid, man. She picks up on everything she hears. <laughs> they, they do, man. They say some shit that you're just like, ooh. Don't repeat that. Like, yeah. Don't ever say that. I've gotten very good at like watching my mouth around her, you know. Yeah. Which like just learning to talk. The only thing she would say was "aw shit," right? <laughs> because like I dropped something one day, and I was like, "ah shit," and then and they so she, yep, then they know right away. He would, he would pick something up and purposefully drop it and just say "aw shit" <laughs> like, over and over. "Aw shit," "aw shit," "aw shit," and I'm like, "no!" Right. <laughs> All right, yeah, well, man. speaking of which, um, you got a child in a bed calling me, unfortunately. <laughs> but we appreciate having you guys on. Thank you so much. Um, I'm hoping you guys do more. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. coming. Um, coming. Yeah, and, be- yeah, and before it ends, I heard you have merch. Do you have a merch store? Remind yep. everybody what you're called. Yeah. And if you have a website... Yes. So we are crashing Ravelry. Our, we have a merch store. Um, and you can go to our website, crashingravelry.net, um, and find the store on there if you like. Uh, if you guys want, I can send you the link so you can find it as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have that in the description of the episode. And when we blast it out, we'll have that in the, the description as well. So, yeah, man. Yeah. But awesome, thanks. guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for playing us. And oh yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to have you on again sometime in the future. Just you guys are ever... hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Oh guys, for sure. All yeah. right, have a good one, boss man. All right, guys. Peace. Adios. <laughs>